One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck. And I am Courtney Eck. And it's Courtney's night to tell yeah. you a story. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta uh, get ready to get mad, everybody. Yay. I have been kind of poking at this one for a while. We have had a string of horrible cases. And so I've sort of put it off for one whole week. You're welcome. <laughs> But we're back to horribleness. I just, I really, I think that's sort of what the people come for, which I get it. I get it. And yeah. I'm sorry for it. I, yeah, I know. I, I, it's like, can a, can a, can a listener just get a straightforward man kills wife for insurance Money. reasons or something? Mm-hmm. No, apparently mm-hmm. not these weeks, guys. These weeks we are here to disgust and uh, infuriate you and Today, I have the infuriating murders of the Freemans and the disappearance of Ashley Freeman and Laura Bible. I know this one. Yes, yeah. tell us everything. Yeah, yeah. This is a this is a more known case. I didn't know this case. It has been a little bit more covered, but a lot has happened over the years for this one. I was and so, say, yeah, I feel like there's been some recent updates, right? Yes. Yeah. Tell us. So if you've heard this case before, you probably haven't heard all of it because it just is the gift that keeps on giving. So in 1999, best friends Ashley Freeman and Laura Bible lived in Welsh, Oklahoma, which is a town of around 600 people in northeastern Oklahoma. Welsh was one of a million small American towns that struggled to survive after various economic downturns left the citizens without reliable employment, so life wasn't easy in the tiny town. Ashley and Laura met in kindergarten and were so close, they thought of themselves more as sisters. They did absolutely everything together, and so when Ashley decided to become a basketball star, Laura joined the cheerleading squad so they could enjoy the sport together (laughs) Because that's just how much they supported each other. That is so, so sweet. It is, and I did the same thing. My best friend Dawn would, was a basketball player. I was a cheerleader. She was a track runner. I was the track manager. We'd just, like, we'd just find a way to hang out with her doing her sports because I wasn't a sporty kid. So I was like, I'll be a manager of the track team. <laughs> <laughs> also, I picked shot put. Word to the wise, if you're entering high school and you're going to manage track, do not pick shot put. You can pick discus. You can pick running to manage. If you run, if you manage shot put, guess what? You have to carry those fucking shot put. Those things are heavy <laughs> as fuck. Don't do yeah, it. Yeah, that was, that was an odd choice. <laughs> so dumb. And they give you these weird, I don't maybe it's changed, these weird little like teeny tiny little bags with vinyl handles. And they just have to jam all these 10 pound shot puts in there. So Ashley lived with her parents, Kathy and Danny, in a trailer about 10 minutes outside of Welsh in an extremely remote and rural area. And on December 29th, 1999, Laura asked her her parents if she could spend the night at Ashley's to celebrate Ashley's 16th birthday, and they, of course, agreed. Laura, Ashley, Ashley's boyfriend Jeremy, and her parents went out that night to get some ice cream and pizza to celebrate her big day, and then Laura spent the night. 
Then at around 5.30 a.m. on December 30th, a couple drove by the Freeman's trailer and noticed an alarming amount of smoke coming from inside, so called 911. When emergency services arrived to investigate the then raging fire, no one was anywhere near the home and no one knew where the Freemans or Laura had gone. Laura's car was still in the driveway, so she hadn't left in the night to go home, and once the fire had died down enough to take a closer look, authorities found a body in the burned wreckage. I hate fires. I hate it. It's one of my biggest things. Like, ugh, mm-hmm. ugh. Fires, man. Yeah. Yep. So police tracked down Laura's parents, Laureen and Jay, to inform them that their daughter was missing and the Freeman's home had been burned to the ground with one victim inside, and so they raced to the trailer. The Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigations were called in to help as arson, missing persons, and potential homicide were a little outside of the realm of experience of the police in the teensy town. Well, not to mention that's like too many crimes. It's too so many crimes. potential for yes. crimes. And the medical examiner determined that the victim was a woman, but unofficially announced that it wasn't Laura due to the fact that she was wearing a wedding ring and was too tall to be a teenage girl, much to the relief of her completely panicked parents. Ugh. Further investigation would confirm that the victim was, in fact, Kathy Freeman. And even more disturbing was the fact that she had been shot to death with a shotgun to the back of her head before the fire was set. And so her death had been deliberate and not a freak accident of some kind. Her body had been better preserved than a lot of bodies retrieved from fires because their waterbed had burst during the fire. <laughs> no. And so the water inside of the bed had slowed the process of her burning, so her injuries were more clear than they normally would have been. Wow. Never thought of that. I didn't either. I didn't even I never thought about like what do waterbeds do in fires? Well, of course they explode. Of course. I don't know if our listeners know that we grew up with waterbeds. With waterbeds, so and now There's we live that. with debilitating back issues. I'm just kidding. I don't actually have <laughs> terrible back issues, but I feel like I should. You know? Yeah, right. They were pretty sweet, though. If, if, if anybody out there can figure out if waterbeds are actually good for you and then bring them back, I would, I would well, I can't share a waterbed with another human being. There's no, no way. No, no. There's no way, but I would get my own little waterbed again, because they're pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> what a weird idea. <laughs> so strange. <laughs> So with Kathy having been murdered and Danny, Ashley, and Laura missing, Danny immediately became the prime suspect. Danny was known to have a short temper, was a known pot grower and seller, and there had been previous reports of some domestic disturbances, including his own stepfather taking out a restraining order against him. Aside from that, it just made sense that he would be the one responsible for his dead wife and the missing girls because it's always the husband or father. Right. For this reason, the crime scene wasn't secured and other members of the Freeman and Bible families were allowed on the premises as they looked elsewhere for the missing father and the teen girls. Let's not do that. Let's no. stop doing that. Even if you suspect it's the father, keep the crime scene secured and follow up on other leads. Ding dongs. No one seemed to notice, however, that Laura's car wasn't the only one in the driveway, as the Freeman's cars were all still there as well with the keys inside. Oh, come on. Which would have made a retreat from the extremely remote area very difficult. So, according to them, Danny just like killed his wife and then brought these girls out of there on foot for no come reason. Come on. Yeah. Come on. While police were off looking for Danny Freeman and Danny Freeman only, the Freeman's family and the Bibles searched through the rubble of the trailer to see if they could find any clues as to what happened and where their remaining loved ones were. Just five minutes after the family started the search, the Bible's Rottweiler was sniffing around the scene and at one point laid down next to something and started whimpering, and so J. Bible investigated further. The Rottweiler hadn't just uncovered a clue— it had found a whole other human body, and Jay immediately knew that it was the body of Danny Freeman. So awful. 
Danny had reconstructive surgery years before, and it had required a wire to be run through his nasal cavity, and that same wire was immediately noticeable when Jay found Danny's body. A body, you guys. They found a whole other human body. That's so, so, so awful. Danny had been shot in the face with a shotgun, and there were boot marks all over his body from where investigators had walked over no. him. No, As they did a real thorough job of canvassing the area. With their main suspect also brutally murdered, the OSP returned to the scene to do a more comprehensive search to confirm oh. that they hadn't been walking on any other bodies of any other missing persons. Imagine that. But Danny and Kathy were the only victims on site, and Ashley and Laura were nowhere to be found. They did find the money that Ashley had been saving in a piggy bank to buy a car was gone, but Laura's purse was still on the scene with $200 inside, so it was unlikely the teens had run away, but police missed connecting that detail as well. (laughs) Once again, they made the massive leap to the conclusion that Ashley and Laura must have murdered Ashley's parents and then fled without Laura's purse or money and without any cars. And they once again released the crime scene to anyone who wanted to poke around. Stop doing that. Since they were hot on the trail of two teen murderesses, they didn't set up any roadblocks or release Amber Alerts or do anything that would have potentially intercepted the endangered teens before something irreversibly awful happened to them, and they hunted them as suspects instead. It's so crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. Just because it's the only thing right in front of your face, I guess? No, it's the opposite of what's in front of the face, though. No, I know. It's like, there's four people. Well, it's not the dad. We found him. (laughs) It's not the mom. It must be the girls. Like, there's other possibilities. There's Especially lots of possibilities. The father is a drug dealer. Like, right? He's a, he deals drugs. He's a known drug dealer. Like, what? Right? The girls did it? What? Yeah, these girls that are best friends and best have friends absolutely and like no reason to... Basketball players and shit. Yeah. Hi. Another important detail in this case, very important detail in this case is that three months before the Freemans were murdered, Danny told his brother that if anything happened to him, the Craig County Sheriff's Department was responsible. (laughs) Turns out that Ashley wasn't Kathy and Danny's only child, and they also had a son named Shane, who had been shot to death by police deputy David Hayes at the beginning of 1999. I forgot that. After he stole a neighbor's truck and gun. Well, I know he stole a truck. I also read that he stole a gun, but he definitely stole a truck. The shooting had been ruled justifiable because the cop had claimed Shane had pointed the pistol at him, and also because, of course, it had. Right. But Danny was planning to file a wrongful death suit against the department in the coming months, and I can only imagine the department was aware of that fact in a town of 600 people. Mm -hmm. Everyone who knew Shane said that he had a history of running away from police. He was like the town kind of naughty kid, like if... Something went missing. It was Shane Freeman. You know, it was just a known kind of troublemaker. But it was all like petty theft and stuff. He didn't sound like he did anything really violent or bad. But he always ran from the police because he he did a lot. And he would never challenge them. And the family claimed that the autopsy report showed that he'd been shot in the back. Yeah. Justice for Shane posters had been plastered all over town. Ashley and her boyfriend said that the police had been pulling them over whenever they were out on dates, and things were no doubt heated between the Freeman family and the local police. Because of this, the case had been fully had to be fully turned over to the OSP. The officers involved in Shane's death were apparently polygraphed and passed with flying colors. <laughs> but that's not helping anyone sleep any better at night. No. But then, a couple of weeks after police determined that the teen girls, Ashley and Laura, were cold-blooded killers, they wondered if maybe a man named Stephen Ray Facker had something to do with the murdered parents and missing teens after he went on a killing spree in Oklahoma, around two hours from where the Freemans lived, killed three people, and was caught in early January, right after the Freemans were murdered. (laughs) I mean, okay, 
it's a possible. So kind of, maybe, it's, yeah. Maybe, so like, but it's again, it's not usually the most obvious thing. It's not like, oh, here's another guy who's been killing people. Maybe it's him. Yeah. You know, like, no, exactly. They're like, well, it's definitely the girls. Oh, wait, maybe it's this uh, spree killer over here mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. What? Maybe um, you should have been look if it, maybe you should have been looking for him in the first place. Right. Don't just let spree killers spree kill while right. you're like hunting teenage girls for no yeah. reason with no motivation whatsoever. So it was later determined that he had been in Springfield, Missouri on the night of the murders and so was ruled out as a suspect in this case, but I can only imagine authorities held on to that theory for as long as they possibly mm-hmm. could. I mean, what are the odds of a spree killer in Oklahoma in 1999 at the same time that this random heinous murder happened? So without any real help from authorities to find the missing and endangered children that they were paid to protect, including failing to ever declare Ashley and Laura formally missing. You're kidding me. No, Sadiac. No. What? No. Nope. They never... Nope. Nope. Wow. Like I said, prepare to get angry, everybody. Get your angry pants on because you're going to need them for when you fall over. (laughs) I'm I'm Get your padded padded angry pants on because you're going to be kicking stuff and bouncing off of stuff. Wow. Frustration. So the Bible family organized their own grid search of the 40 acre area surrounding the Freeman's trailer and marked anything they deemed suspicious so that the OSP could follow up but there was no solid evidence and no sign of the girls. The Bibles continued to pass out flyers, interview people, follow up on tips, everything the authorities should have been doing, but with limited training and resources, their private case eventually went completely cold without any solid clues as to what happened to Ashley and Laura. And in 2001, a new sheriff was elected and the case was resurrected by the new sheriff's office which led to a handful of new leads pouring in. And there was a brief flicker of hope when several leads tied back to a New Year's Eve party that had occurred at a nearby meth house. Several people who had attended the party claimed that a sort of snuff film had been played at the party and that Ashley and Laura had been in it. The people who claimed to have watched the film described the location the film was shot in and authorities followed up on potential locations but didn't find the teens or any significant clues. That same year, Tommy Lynn Sells, Mm -hmm. the very serial killer I covered a month ago on our Patreon, Mm -hmm. who is a real fucking piece of work. You guys, holy God, that guy. So he wrote to the Joplin Globe in Joplin, Missouri, and claimed that he had been the one to kill the Freemans and abduct Ashley and Laura. This very much matched his M.O. as he traveled around the United States from the 70s through the 90s. So kind of a trigger warning for rape. I am going to mention it a few times in the story. I'm not going to get into any details at all, but it will be mentioned. So he traveled around the entire United States from the 70s through the 90s, sexually assaulting, terrorizing, and murdering people. And he was particularly known for killing parents to get to young women. When police interviewed Sells, they claimed he shared details of the crime that he shouldn't have known, and then he led them to an area on the side of the road where he claimed he dumped their bodies, but they didn't find a single trace of the girls. Considering the police did such an outstanding job of securing the crime scene, and that Sells was an expert at terrorizing and murdering people, it's safe to assume that any details he had were just lucky guesses, or he'd never given them any details at all, and they just jumped at the chance to pin it on him. But regardless, police were never able to conclusively prove that Sells had anything to do with the murders and disappearances, and so the case went cold again. Those poor girls. Poor girls. A poor family. Ugh. Then in 2005, another serial killer decided to throw his hat in the ring, And Jeremy Jones, who had also been arrested for raping, terrorizing, and murdering women, claimed that he'd killed the Freemans over a drug debt and then abducted the teens before killing and dumping their bodies in a mine shaft in Galena, Kansas. But that claim fell apart when the mine was searched and was found to be completely empty, 
Police realized that he'd actually been in jail that night for being drunk in public and having drug paraphernalia. And then Jones admitted he'd made it all up. And so the case hit yet another dead end. (sighs) The fact that there's like multiple... A, that there's multiple serial killers. B, that they're willing to just fuck around. I know. With investigations for fun. Well, and I think it's also like they're going to get out of prison for the day. mm -hmm. They're going to get attention. It's something to do. Totally. They're bored. Yeah, absolutely. I get why they would do it, but just the fact that that happens. I know. And the false hope. Yep. Yep. They're like, buy me McDonald's and I'll take you to the bodies. And then they're like, psych. Thanks for the McDonald's or whatever. So this didn't deter the Bibles who worked day and night for the next 10 years to keep their daughter's case alive and to pursue any and all information they came across that might lead to the safe return of their beloved daughter. They also left the Christmas tree up that had been up the Christmas before she disappeared (sighs) so that they could all take the decorations down together when she fucking returned. Uh, it eventually just like fell apart and so they had to get rid of it but they left it up for so long that it fell apart wow that's so so sad so sad in 2010 Ashley Freeman was officially declared dead but the Bibles didn't want to make the same declaration for Laura out of well-founded fear that her case would never be solved absolutely yeah like, we're not going to let you off the hook. She's still alive until we find her. So then in 2016, a tip came in that police should drain and search the well on the property of a man named Charles Kinder because he had been Danny's best friend and had later been convicted of second-degree murder. So might have had something to do with the murders of the Freemans after they'd, gone into, after they'd gotten into an argument about their small-time marijuana operation. The well was drained and searched. And once again, nothing was found. So then in 2017, a new sheriff was elected and took a billionth look at the case of the murdered couple and the missing girls and was like, wait a minute, what's this thing that's been here all along and no one else has followed up on ever? Mm. Private investigators had amassed an entire box of evidence and brought it to the police over the years, and that evidence had been shoved in between other boxes of under-investigated evidence and forgotten. This included items found at the actual crime scene, and one of those pieces of evidence was an insurance card for someone who did not live at the Freeman residence. The police had actually been given the card during the very first day of the investigation. Please. The very first day, but hadn't thought it compelling enough to follow up on. Well, of course not, because then they would have to do something. Yep. But had they done so, they would have saved the Bibles from decades of absolute agony. Ah. (laughs) I'm so, so mad. (laughs) It's so infuriating. And when I first read this, a lot of this came from articles. And then I found the affidavit. It was like the, the first day this card was found and brought to the police. It was, I thought it was like days later, later or weeks no. later or whatever. No, the first day of the investigation. Wow. Today's episode is sponsored by our best friend forever, HelloFresh, who we have been subscribing to since before they sponsored this podcast. So you know we love them. Mm-hmm. What is HelloFresh, you ask? Well, with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Did you know HelloFresh offers more than just delicious dinners? It's now easier than ever to skip that extra grocery store run by adding snacks, sides, and more to your weekly order. Simply shop HelloFresh Market and take your pick from curated selection of over 100 items. That's new. I love that market. Yes. yes. Brownies, snacks, brownies. Garlic bread. <laughs> you can tell what our priorities are. No, that thing is awesome. And I forget about it and then it pops up and I'm like, ooh, don't mind if I do. 
HelloFresh gets that you want options when it comes to what to make for dinner, not just the same old thing all the time. That's why they offer 40 recipes to choose from every single week, so you'll never get bored and can always find something new to try and love, which is true. Mm -hmm. I love their food, and it's craveable food. It's comfort food with ingredients that don't make me feel too comfortable, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. but very delicious, savory, yummy Eat so easy to make. And I always learn something, which is my favorite thing, like how to make zucchini ribbons. Right. I never would have re- ribboned a zucchini without HelloFresh, but guess what? They taught me it, and now that's the only way I prepare my zucchini Absolutely. is in a ribbon. It's delicious, and it's beautiful. It looks impressive and fancy, and it's just uh, taking a potato peeler to a zucchini. <laughs> One of our favorite recipes is the firecracker meatballs. They are delicious. Mm. They are easy. They taste expensive. (laughs) That's what I mean. It's like fancy, but it feels fancy. It tastes fancy, but it's not fancy. It's extremely simple. And I I would fall over if I took more than 40 minutes maximum to make a HelloFresh meal. Generally, it's like 20 to 30 minutes, which is (laughs) exactly the amount of time that I can stay alive while I prep my food because I always wait until the very last second to cook. Exactly. I cannot encourage you enough to get HelloFresh if you haven't ever tried it. At least just try it. And how can you try it, you ask? Well, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash theywill50 and use code theywill50 for 50% off plus free shipping. You guys, 50, 50% off. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash theywill50 and use code theywill50 for 50% off plus free shipping. So the insurance card belonged to a woman and the names were redacted of everybody who wasn't one of the perpetrators. So I'm going to be saying a woman or a man. So apologies, but you'll get the picture real fast. So the insurance card belonged to a woman who lived with a man named Warren Philip Welsh, who went by Phil, who actually had been briefly questioned the very first time they'd found the car card on the scene of the double homicide and kidnapping, but they hadn't followed up on him after he said he didn't have anything to do with it. (laughs) Just take his word for it. Yeah. He didn't do it. Yeah. It's fine. Like, why is your girlfriend's insurance card on the scene of a double homicide and kidnapping? He was like, oh, they're like, good, good. Good Enough. enough It was was the man actually that we later found. So it's cool. (sighs) So once the community learned that the box of evidence had been found and that it was reigniting the case, witnesses came forward and claimed that they had tried to tell police what they'd known 18 years previous. Uh, No. But had been actively ignored, including the woman who the insurance card had belonged to. So when the card had been originally found, police had spoken to her and she had directed them to Welch, who was her boyfriend at the time, to question him. She later followed up with the police to let them know that she had additional information that could help solve the case. And they were like, oh, sweet, we'll get right on it. And that did literally nothing. The woman claimed that while she'd been in a relationship with Welsh, he'd been in prison for beating the living shit out of her and her son. And she'd found a leather briefcase that belonged to him that was full of Polaroid photos of two teenage girls bound and gagged on her own bed and also a chair. You are kidding me. And they were like, no, no, that's nothing. Well, she didn't bring the photos to them, but she told them about the photos. Uh, You'll learn a lot more about these photos. So she claimed that Welsh was present in some of the photos and she was positive the girls in the photos were Ashley and Laura because Welsh had tacked up the reward poster for the case in their home. Oh, gross. She claims that she hid the briefcase until Welsh was released from prison, and he then threatened to, quote, kill her and throw her down the pit like he did those two girls. So she returned the photos to him. The Polaroids were never found, but over a dozen people came forward to confirm that they had also seen the images. Over a dozen? Yeah. And you can read the affidavit. It's so many people. It's, yeah, I'll tell you all about it, but. Great. Oh He's just like, oh, ha, 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 look what I did. Yeah. And everybody's yes. like, oh, cool, weird. Mm-hmm. 
No, but just wait, Sadie, just wait. Did they keep it to themselves? No, no, no. Did they tell the police? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Did the police do anything about it? No. No, no, no. Why? Yeah. Why More witnesses they care? Yep. More witnesses came forward to report that, quote, the men spoke of what they did to the girls numerous times over the years, calling Ashley and Laura two little bitches and saying, yeah, we got them, didn't we? Oh, God. The men that they were referring to, aside from Welsh, were Ronnie Dean Busick and David Pennington, friends and drug associates of Welsh from the time of the abductions and murders. The woman who had been in a relationship with Welsh claimed that the three men cooked meth together and on the morning of December 30th, 1999, they went to the Freeman home to settle a drug debt and the Freemans had been murdered for that debt. They had then abducted Ashley and Laura. A woman who had dated Pennington at the time of the murder said she had to hide from him after he, quote, talked about the missing girls all the time she was with him and would tell her he'd kill her if she ever mentioned it to anyone. She also claimed that they'd killed the Freemans over a drug deal and then, quote, took the two girls to have fun with them. She said they bragged about raping the girls and throwing them in a pit after they killed them. <laughs> a friend of Welsh's previous girlfriend claimed that the girlfriend had showed her one of the Polaroids of the girls on the bed, but she didn't look at it for very long because it made her want to throw up but she later used the photo as leverage to keep Welsh from killing her friend. Oh, man. So Welsh, but this is the same girlfriend that put him in jail for beating the shit out of her and her son, I think. Right. Uh, and so this friend was like, I know what you did. If you touch my friend, I'm going to tell on you. She also confirmed that Busick and Pennington were the two other men with Welsh on the night of the murders but that they were more or less in the wrong place at the wrong time and that Welsh was the ringleader that night. Another acquaintance of the men said that Busick told him that the three men had kept Ashley and Laura alive for several days so that they could rape and torture them and that Welsh had shot Ashley's parents and then Busick and Pennington had stayed behind to set fire to the trailer. That same man said he overheard multiple phone conversations about the murders and the photographs that the girlfriend had found and her friend had seen and heard Welsh threaten to kill them and their children on multiple occasions if they told anyone about the murders. He said he reported all of this to the authorities who put the girlfriend and her children in a hotel under protective custody. So, the girlfriend goes into protective custody. The police know about it, but that's the end of it. They didn't do anything to Welsh, Pennington, or Busick at the time. Why? I Because Danny was their enemy. Because they'd shot Danny's son, and Danny was right. after them. And so they're not going to do shit to help this family, this murdered family. As far as they were concerned, somebody did them a favor. You know yeah, what I mean? But the fact that there's another whole child... Child. They didn't care. They didn't care. They didn't, did not care. That's so unbelievable. Yep. They didn't give a shit. And then, so this dude just gets to be out yep. terrorizing and beating and murdering people. Well, just speaking of which, here's a kid that grew up with this guy. So another witness had been interviewed by police in 2005. And he told police that rumors around town were that Phil Welsh had been involved in the murders and those officers had also told him that the information about the insurance card that was found at the scene was, quote, a lie and hearsay. <laughs> that witness claimed that his mother had dated Pennington and he, quote, had to live with these threats from Phil Welsh and had to live around these people. He stated that we didn't know what it was like to live with threats because of what he knew. He stated that he was young at the time and would get calls from Phil Welsh in the middle of the night telling him, quote, don't you say a word. <sighs> Welsh had also tried to show him photos of the girls. He said that Welsh would come into his house and sing Bible hymns and that Welsh was, quote, evil. So this <sighs> kid was a kid. This guy oh was God. a kid. His mother oh dated God. Pennington and Welsh... <laughs> was like trying to include him in all of this, like showing him the photos would sing weird Bible hymns and like call him in the middle of the night. Can you imagine that? No, no. It's like the hills have eyes. Yep. No. 
Yeah, and trying to indoctrinate this little son, this little kid who has nothing to do with this. He's like, your friend is dating his mother and you're just terrorizing this kid on top of everything else. He said he tried to tell police everything he knew, but was called a liar. He also said that his girlfriend at the time was supposed to be at the sleepover that night, but he'd convinced her to stay at his house, and so he saved her life. Oh my God. So he knew that this was getting ready to happen? No, no, that was just a coincidence. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, but he did say that he knew that Pennington wasn't at his mother's house that night, at his Mm -hmm. house, because he never would have had his girlfriend spend the night if he was. The girlfriend never came over if Pennington was there, so he's like, he definitely wasn't with us that night. He also said that Pennington and Welsh told him that they'd, quote, raped the girls and violently strangled them to die. He said that he'd had a child with his girlfriend at the time, and that he has, quote, shunned the child over the years because of his involvement with Pennington and Welsh. So I'm assuming it's because he's afraid that these fuckers were going to kill his kid because they were running around town, like, threatening the lives of anyone who knew anything. And these two forced this child to be involved in this horrible thing. And so he can't even have a relationship with his own child out of like total fear or just being completely traumatized by all of it or all of the above. Yep. And this is all in the police affidavit. Those were all direct quotes from the affidavit. Several other witnesses confirmed these accounts. Several. I mean, again, you can read it. There's a billion different people saying exactly the same thing over and over again. They all saw the photos. They knew that it was a drug debt. They knew that the girls were raped and tortured and murdered and dropped in a pit. So several other witnesses confirmed these accounts, and Pennington's own brother told police that he thought his brother was responsible for the murders. The new detectives learned that two private investigators named Tom Pryor and Joe Dugan had been hired by the Freeman family and had pulled all of this information together right after the murders, as Joe Dugan had been the one to find the insurance card in the first place. When Joe Dugan died, his relatives had tried to give all of his evidence to the sheriff's office, but they had refused it. Pryor said he stopped investigating the case after law enforcement claimed that he was interfering and said they'd cancel his private investigator's license if he didn't back off. You're kidding me. No. No. Wow. Yep. Yep. Also in the affidavit, this is not from the news story. This is all from the police file. Both Pennington and Welsh had died by 2017 and police interviewed Busick, who was quick to confirm that Pennington and Welsh had been involved in the murders. Police eventually confronted him about being there on that horrible night, and his response was, quote, I didn't kill anybody. He was very vague about his involvement, but didn't deny being there until detectives called him out on not denying being there. Mm-hmm. So he just kept saying, I don't know, I don't know anything about it. I didn't kill anybody. I didn't do anything. And they were like, you have not said once that you weren't there. And he's like, <laughs> well, I wasn't there. <laughs> like, uh, too late. Too late. Busick, who was 66 years old at the time of his arrest, was charged with four counts of first-degree murder and malice aforethought, four counts of accessory to first-degree murder, two counts of kidnapping, one count of arson, and one count of accessory to first-degree arson. Busick pled guilty to one count of accessory to murder in the first degree and was sentenced to 10 years in prison with credit for his 2018 arrest. Mm. Quote, he's an evil man, Lorraine Bible, the mother of Laura, said as she spoke to court, reading an impact statement. They were young and beautiful, but you know that, Bible said. They were innocent, but you and your buddies took that from them. She was not yours for the taking, but you did anyway. When you took her, though, you messed with the wrong girl. You see, though you stole her from us and all of her future from us, you will never steal our memories of her. They aren't tainted by the awful things you did to her. And we, the family of Laura Bible, are faced with the choice of forgiveness. That's a tough place to be because forgiving you would mean betraying her. Would she forgive you? The answer is yes. She would have forgiven you if she had the chance. (laughs) Then just this spring, it was announced that Ronnie Busick would be released on May 19th Mm. after serving just three years for good behavior. Three years. Yep. 
The Bible started a petition to keep him in prison that states, quote, the girls' bodies have never been found. Law enforcement was no help in those first 15 years of the girls' disappearance. It wasn't until 2015 that two detectives, Tammy Ferrari and Gary Stansel, dug up the case. Tammy Ferrari. That's such a good name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> in April of 2018, an arrest was made. The now only remaining living suspect, Ronnie Busick, was arrested. After nearly 2.5 years of court hearings, he was sentenced to 15 years in prison for his involvement. I've read multiple times it was 10, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, less than three years into that sentence, he is being released for good behavior. It's so crazy. Crazy. Our family has suffered for more than 23 years of injustice. We have fought for Laura and Ashley almost completely on our own up until 2015. Now we are fighting alone again to keep this beast in prison. If he's allowed out of prison, our family is once again being cast aside as unimportant. These two teenage girls are still being victimized, even in presumed death. Yes. If we allow him to go free, what are we saying to other victims? What are we telling future predators? Is it acceptable to commit such a heinous crime and spend less than three years in prison? Despite their pleas, mm -mm. Ronnie Busick was released oh. to a group of protesters, including Laura's mother, Lorraine. Yes. Oh, my God. Two months ago. Oh, my God. Quote, I want him to know that I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. She said, he's out walking around. He gets to go on, but my child does not. I'm not doing him any harm, but as long as he's out, I'm going to be watching. Ugh. Everything he does, I'm going to question. She said it's not too late for Busick to do the right thing and help authorities locate her daughter's body. He knows, she said, and if he takes that information to his grave with him to meet his maker, I really don't want to think what it's going to be like for him. Ugh. And that, my angels... Uh, is uh, that is a story? That is a true story. A really that something true that is story happening to a family currently, uh, right now. That is a fresh hell that a family is experiencing at the hands of our justice system oh and law enforcement. God. Oh my god! Yeah. Yep. yep, I have. I got chills at that last part up to yep. all the way to my chin, like actual chills. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yep. <laughs> that is horrific. Horrific. Yeah. No protection, no help, no assistance, no comfort, no nothing. nothing. No, in, in the exact opposite. And all these other people too. There's this little boy whose mother was dating one of these fucker fuckheads terrorized, destroyed, lives destroyed. Police knew actively the entire time. They knew everything and they did nothing. 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 In fact, they victimized the victims by, they're like, here's an insurance card of this lady who lives with this psychopath, meth cooker dealer. And they're like, uh, we're just going to blame it on the girls. Right? What? Not, never, never file a missing persons no. report for them. Like nope. noth nothing, nothing, nothing. That's it's, it's beyond disgusting. disgusting. Yeah, yeah, they need to be disgusted by with themselves. I, how do you sleep at night? How do nope. you live another day? How mm -hmm. do you breathe a breath of air? Thank God for Tammy Ferrari out there. Seriously, like, I mean, it is all in there. I'm not kidding. They're like. <laughs> Police knew, police knew, police knew, police knew, police Let's, knew. I wonder if the if they're gonna like do a civil suit or something. Have I they? Hope so I don't God, know. Sue them. Sue them. I don't sue know. the town. I hope so. I sue them. I sue them for letting him out. Sue them yes. for not putting him in, and then sue yes. them for letting them out. Yeah, for defamation these. on the yeah. girls for yeah. all of it. Every all of it. minute of for the yeah. twenty plus years, I'm. Uh, horrified for them. I'm so yep. sorry. My God. Yep. Lorraine Bible. I don't know what uh, Jay is up to these days. He was not mentioned in the last couple of articles, the most recent articles I found, but, but, uh, but all of you, both of you, all of you, mm -hmm. if you need anything us, anything you need, anything you need, anything you need, 
if you just need me to start kicking, if you need me to Seriously, go down there and kick, I know you're will, not going to hurt anybody, but if you need me, me to kick, yeah, if you need me to kick the police, I'm going to get Tammy Ferrari mm-hmm. and we're just going to get to kicking. Get Tammy Ferrari, on. if you need anything. Right? Yeah. And also, you know what? Law enforcement, we're very critical of you, but Tammy Ferrari, that's the way, that's the way you do it. Mm-hmm. If you find out that the other people aren't doing it right, that are part of law enforcement, you fucking put it in an affidavit. So at least it's on record. It's right. the minimum you can do. Thank you, Tammy Ferrari. <laughs> like, oh my God, what are we doing, guys? What are we what doing, are we people? Doing? What is the point of it? These little baby girls just disappeared, just tortured, terrorized, dying in the worst possible way. And you could have stopped it. You could have found them. They were alive for several days. Yes. You could have found them. You could have oh. saved them. <laughs> makes me so sad and so mad yeah you could have done it that morning they probably might not even have been hurt they were terrorized or traumatized no doubt but they might have still not have been touched or hurt if you didn't do anything you go you'd go to the house where the insurance card came from you say where's that shithead yep they're like in the barn and then that's that yeah Oh, and he and they had driven her car. They had driven that woman's oh car God. that night. It was this blue car, oh and a God. bunch of people had seen it. And it was hers, and she'd let them borrow it. And she would have been like, yeah, they told me they were taking it down to the whatever. Yeah. Please. Can we no, do better? No, it is inexcusable, and you should all should be deeply ashamed of yourselves. Anyone who's alive and hearing this, you are a bad person. Mm-hmm. You are a very, 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 very bad person. And... um Ronnie Busick, if you're listening, you're a very bad person. Yeah, but the worst, in yep. fact. Yep, and the police, you're no better than Ronnie Busick. So nope. that's cool. That's awesome. But yeah. Bible family, oof. I can't, I can't, no. I can't imagine going suffering that deeply and then just like not having anybody help you. No. <laughs> no. 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 Right, goodbye. We're good. Good night. I got to send to 5D now, everyone. That's my new out. So, 5D, take, 5D take, take, me, take me. Please. <laughs> if you're new to the podcast, we don't believe in 5D ascension, but I wish it, I wish I did. Yeah, I wish right? I could. I really want to ascend to 5D. According to TikTok, it sounds lovely. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, well, well, where do we go from here? Name time. <laughs> yeah, it's the only way. Yeah, it's the only way through. It's the only way forward. Thank God for name time. Thank God for all of you supporting name time and growing name time and keeping name time intact. Because then we, then we know that things are still good and fair in this universe. That's right. Um. <laughs> Starting with family, she, she, Fanny Schmilar. <laughs> Somebody I'm said sorry, a TikTok what? video. Was it you, Fam, Fanny Schmilar? Oh, was that you? Schmeller. Schmeller. Oh, that's what it's Fanny Schmeller. Schmeller. <laughs> oh, I forgot to go back and, and watch it. I was like, or listen to it. I was watching it uh, without the sound on. It was on like a UK game show of some kind, and they had to say Fanny Schmeller over and over again, and people well, were she was, losing. She was like an Ol- Olympic athlete, yes. and they had to guess what sport she was an athlete for. <laughs> Fanny Schmeller. Schmeller. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Precious Burger. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Memphis Grace Funk. Yes. Yes. Oh, I've got a lot of kids who mispronounce things. If you put it on Instagram, I'm sorry, I can't copy and paste it. And so that might not have been in here because it's weird how hard it is for me to go back and forth between like reading something <laughs> and writing it down. I'm so sorry. It's just, yeah. it's just a block for me. Um, but someone's four year old calls Gatorade alligator juice. <laughs> um, Another misspoken word, heckling was helicopter. Oh. Oppapuff, octopus. Oh, oh, my God. Whenever he falls, he says, Mommy, I have a scarf instead of scar. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Bro dick, Scotland. They put in parentheses, no homo, which made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Bro dick. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. 
uh, the actor Tyler James Williams from Abbott Elementary has two brothers. Their names are Tyrell Jackson Williams and Tylan Jacob Williams, all TJW abbreviations, I, or um, whatever that's called. Yes. Yes. Initials. I love, oh, I love a family with initials. Like Yes. I, all, my best friend growing up, all MJPs, and my favorite, favorite, Michelle Janice. I, all of my dog's middle names are Janice as a result because <laughs> I just love the middle name Janice, Janice my whole life. Yes, MJP, Michelle Janice. And so it's always like Pippa Janice and <laughs> Edie Janice. <laughs> such a great middle name. <laughs> Never met another Janice my whole life as a middle name. Sirius Bonner. We're going to stick us a boner, but it's uh-huh. spelled Bonner. <laughs> Donald Popadick. <laughs> Oh, somebody said a uh, screen cap of a TV report. It says football special teams miscues. So this per- this player had m- missed, uh, like had biffed a bunch of stuff. It was all <laughs> listed. And his last name was Blewett. <laughs> Holden Butts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Siblings, Tyler, Tyrell, and Tylan. Mm. Yep. 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 Yes. Approve. Approve. Yes. Approve. Joy Hiscock. Yeah. God, there's a real penis theme this this week, and I support it. <laughs> Fossil fuel spokesperson, Chad Warmington. Oh. oh, my God. Watching Is It Cake 2, and a contestant named Spirit listed her sister's names, and they are Righteousness, Reality, Eternity, Unity, Consciousness, Trinity, Sky, Free, Serenity, Destiny, harmony, charity, and Megumi, which means blessing. Oh. Also, God bless you for like pausing that show to write all of those names down. Because I know you had to rewind and pause. That is multiple times. Yes. Wow. Could you imagine being around charity, blessing, reality, eternity, consciousness, <laughs> consciousness, which is my favorite. <laughs> my favorite. It's one of my favorite things to think about is consciousness. Naming your child consciousness is baller. It's so amazing. Yes. Just keep having them. Keep naming them. Yes. The best names. Yes. Free, serenity, eternity. Oh my God. And the wow. Megumi. And Megumi. I knew the Megumi. <laughs> yes, we did. BFFs, Mr. Black and Mr. White. Mr. Black is white and Mr. White is black. Oh, and they're both Vietnam vets. That oh, is so cute. So cute. Someone works with a guy named Tom Winshittle. <laughs> his uncus, his uncus, his, his uncles, his uncus, his uncus's name was Hilarious Winshittle. Uh, please. Please. Hilarious? Please. Are you kidding me? You can name a child Hilarious and I'm 43 years old and now I know you can name a child Hilarious? Redo. We're all, we all get a redo. redo. A musician in a listener's town called Frank, Frank Alonzo. Frank, Frank Alonzo. God, <laughs> yes. A girl someone used to work with just had a baby girl and named her Hope Love, and her last name is Lawless. Yes. Hope Love Lawless. Brilliant. That's so amazing. <laughs> Somewhat another mispronunciation. A da- their daughter used to say yestertime when speaking of past things when she was little. That's so cute. Lasterday and yestertime. Adopt yes. them. Use them. They make yes. so much sense. Uh, she said, also out of nor- nowhere, around four years old, she came up to me and said, Mama, I'm naming you Pretty Eyes Arabella. Oh, and, my God. Uh, <laughs> Do it. Do Change it. it. Yes, make Pretty Eyes legal. Arabella. God. <laughs> Someone's uh, aim, old aim scream name was Emilio Brestavez. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that AIM episode of Pen 15 is my uh-huh. favorite. What yep, a masterpiece. So accurate. So accurate. Oh, someone was named Tallulah Does the Hula from oh, Hawaii. No, yes. they weren't. I don't, I don't remember if from Hawaii is in her name or if she's from Hawaii, but Tallulah <laughs> Does the Hula for sure. <laughs> She sued her parents to change her name in one. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm dying to know if Tallulah does the hula was white or native Hawaiian. Right. Last but not least, local politician, Rich Fink. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, you guys. Oh, you guys. You guys, you did it again. You did it again. Thank you so much for all of the uh, penis references this time. Yep. It's yep. funny how things sort of come in a 
theme mm-hmm. every week, mm-hmm. uh, which proves that 5D is real. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I went to visit Courtney in real life this she weekend did. and on the way home well, on the way there she had the oldest child I had the youngest I was bringing the youngest up to spend the weekend and we stopped at Cracker Barrel for those of you that don't know it's highly delicious yes that is the <laughs> finest finest cuisine it's like a country hometown it's supposed to be like hometown cooking yeah uh, comfort food and he'd never been and thought that I was bringing him to a gift shop to eat because the yeah. entrance is full of gifts it's a gift shop it's a literal gift shop and he loved it Yes. He loved it. He thought it, they have games and stuff. He thought it was m- really magical. And on the way back home yesterday, he asked if we could. He's like, "Mommy, can we stop at Barrel Crack on the way home?" Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes, we can. Yes, yes we, we can. can. We could certainly stop at Barrel Crack, get some Barrel dumplings, <laughs> play the peg game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I brought Laura there several years ago, and I was like, I think it's good. I don't know. No, it's not. No. It's not good. But um, no, I mean, it's fine. It is what it is. But it's I not. mean, for roadside food, it's about the best you're going to get. That is for sure. So if you see a barrel crack yep. on a drive through the Midwest or any, I don't. I think it extends pretty far west. I would assume so. Yeah, I mean, it's like it, I I'm always shocked at how busy they are all the time. It's all very strange. The time. Every love. single one of them. It's because they put the for sale rocking chairs on the porch. It's true. I, well, and that's Genius. the other thing that I both. So I've been to Barrel Crack twice now in <laughs> like four days, and I haven't been in years and yeah. years, right? But both times, ladies were shopping for clothes there. Oh yeah, one of them bought a crocheted shawl. The other yep. one had some blouses, and I was like, really? Yeah, you go to Cracker Barrel for the. Yes, it's so smart. I cannot believe that more people haven't adopted that thing, that right? idea. Yeah, I mean, I spent way too much money on candy for the road on the way out. Oh yeah, right? penny candies, rock candies, all the different kinds all of candies, of them, taffies, the and old timey candies. Yes. And it's like somehow they've also. I mean, granted, you could get a bunch of shit from China that's got your name on it or whatever, but mm-hmm. it, they have maintained this real quaint sort of curation of shit. It's brilliant. It really is. It's very. Very strange, and um, I, I applaud them. So. <laughs> I do too. I do too. <laughs> and then he realized uh, we saw a billboard uh, on our exit home mm-hmm. for Cracker Barrel, and then my children were like, oh, "We can go here all the time." And oh, I'm like, "Oh God, no, please, no." The beast is loose. The beast has been unleashed. Yeah. So they now understand that it's not just like a magical roadside <laughs> stop. <laughs> No. In Kokomo, Indiana. <laughs> no, they are plentiful and available. Yes. Everywhere you go, every no. interstate, forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho, I owe some shouty outies. Yeah, so let's do let's some shouty outies. And if Thank you want you. a shouty outie, you can get one for as little as $5 a month. You can sign up for our Patreon. It is We have hella Patreon episodes, almost really as do. many as we do regular episodes. They are full ass, whole ass episodes. They are good. Mm-hmm. I we do not skimp on the Patreon. It is no. not the leftover stories. In fact, it's no. sometimes when choosing between putting something on the main feed and putting it on Patreon, I put it on Patreon because they pay for it, and That's so true. they yeah. get nice things. I mean, you definitely get nice things too. We definitely put a lot of time and effort <laughs> into choosing these stories and like curating these stories and <laughs> researching these stories. But I just want to be clear that. You the Patreon is not the dump the dump for the stuff no. that is it's yeah. Yes. It's good. It, it is, is good. good. So really if good. you like what you're hearing, even if you don't like what you're hearing, you don't have to like it to pay for it. <laughs> as I always say. <laughs> and if you do this, if you it's, pay for it, then I'm gonna give you a little song. I'm gonna give you a little right. shout out, a poem, whatever whatever uh, I'm inspired. That's right. In it's the like moment. the cracker barrel of podcasts. I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you a barrel outs. crack. Give <laughs> <laughs> you a barrel crack, mom. Thank you so much to Mary G. Mary's got it unto lock. <laughs> unto lock. Mary's got it. <laughs> what does that mean? You all scream. Well, let me tell you about it. Having it on lock means Mary. Knows what she wants and she wants to be free. Mary knows about it. 
she can shout it from the rooftops because she's got it <laughs> on lock. <laughs> Mary walks in a room and everyone swoons because they know it's Mary. She's lovely, she's lithe, she's brave, and she's wise. And that's all you need to know about Mary. <laughs> Thank you, Mary G. Thank you. Which stands for Gots It on Lock, apparently. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you so much to Tiffany W. Yeah, Tiffany. Tiff, 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 <laughs> Tiff, 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 Tiff. Tiffany W, what you gonna do about it? You say, didn't you say that for Mary? And I say, well, you are two birds of a feather. You and Mary flock together because you are equally lovely, equally brave and equally smart, equally radical in your art. Don't ever stop. Don't ever tarry. You are equal and as lovely as Mary. But what sets you apart, Tiff, is that it's not your ability to riff, and neither is mine, because I can't find the rhyme. But I'll get there, I promise, for you, Tiff. Tiff, you make people weak in the knees and the soles and the brains and the eyes. (laughs) When they're with you, they cannot disguise how they feel and the way that they feel is wonderful, full of glee and full of thunder. You shake them up, you rock their pants off, you make them question everything they've ever known. Because it's you, Tiff, it's always been you. I never found the rhyme, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just can't find the rhyme. No. <laughs> but we love you, Tiff, and you're yes, a fucking badass. So much. You're amazing, and we thank you endlessly. So much. Thank you so much to David D. Yeah, David Downtown. (laughs) David's going downtown. (laughs) He's going downtown to shake it up. He's going downtown to fill his cup up because he deserves to have his cup full. Wouldn't you know it? Yes, you do. Don't you <laughs> blow it, David. He doesn't ever blow it. He goes downtown and slams his cup down and everybody gathers around and fills it up with everything David needs and wants because he deserves it. David is that kind of guy to catch your eye and make you swoon. David is the kind of guy to give you what you need. David is the kind of guy who passes by and makes your heart bleed with love and warmth and massive swarms of feelings like you can't believe it's David. It's David. It's David. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's all I got today. (laughs) No rhymes were found, but points were made. The biggest of those being that we love you. We love you. You, oh, you guys, we yeah. love you. Thank really God for too. you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your kind messages. Thank you for your reviews. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your love. Mm-hmm. Thank you for encouragement. Yep, it's wildly, wildly important and helpful, and we love you for it. We really do. And if you want to spend more time with us, you can find us on Facebook. TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at They Will Kill. You can email us at They Will Kill Podcast at gmail.com and you can visit our website, They Will Kill.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe to us. Yes, yeah. please. Somebody gave us a cupcake with a K review. Bring <clears throat> it's that been one a while. Back. I know. I love know. it. Two, two tree years old at this yes. point. So thank you for that. That was a really <laughs> lovely little blast from the past it really was and thank you aj Perkins, for your music thank you so much and remember someone tweeted i once had a i once had a french professor who once said if you just did something like going to the supermarket and experienced it fully without the goggles of habit and categories you would go crazy with pure sense and joy (laughs) 
which is true. So it try is to, true. Try to experience life without the goggles of sense and habit. Just try to go out there and go grocery shopping, go do everything and just look at it as though you're experiencing for the first time. You go insane with wonder and joy. I know. I know. This world is a miraculous and beautiful and complicated place. We're just used to it. We've perceived it for so long that we can feel wonder and joy, but it's very wonderful and very, very joyful. If you don't feel wonder and joy, that's okay too. That is valid and you don't have to, but if you Mm -hmm. have it in you and you need a little spark... Go to the grocery store and be like, <laughs> what the fuck? What is all around me? <laughs> what are these Cocoa Krispies? <laughs> Why is this vampire selling me cereal? <laughs> we love you guys. Uh, you give us senses really of do. wonder and joy. And we every can't day. get enough of you. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for being here every week. We'll see, we'll see you, see you real soon. Goodbye. 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 Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.